Hey, are you looking for the perfect holiday gift or stocking stuffer? Then check out our new merchandise at youradvisorswillseeyounow.com. We have special items for students, faculty, and of course, those special student advisors in your life. Shop mugs, sweaters, hats, and so, so much more. Click on the link in the episode show notes below. Hey everyone, if you're interested in a career in data analytics, data visualization, make sure to stay tuned to this episode. Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. We are still continuing with our career series. Hopefully everyone's been enjoying people that we're bringing in. We're getting some listens, so we're appreciative of everyone, you know, checking these episodes out because we have really great people joining us. We're joined today by another really awesome individual. Um, This is someone I've been knowing for like six years now. We're actually reconnecting today after some time, but um, we have Alicia Rashid here. We worked at the College Advising Corps together. Um, You're going to hear Alicia, but she's always been very, very passionate about what she does wherever she's working. So you'll hear a lot about her background in data analytics. Talk about your, you know, experience, your educational experience, how you got to data, and so um, Alicia's super bright as well. So you're gonna hear just like she's really, really um, thorough in how she explains things. So Alicia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Kemi and I are excited because we are talking about data uh, a lot lately, just between ourselves. But I think people, this is like a buzzword, so I think people are gonna be or a buzz phrase. People will be excited to listen. So you want to introduce yourself, Alicia, please? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, So again, I am Alicia Rashid, and I'm a data and policy consultant. So what that means is I support nonprofit and government organizations across policy areas uh, using data analytics and visualizations, essentially to promote data-informed decisions for marginalized populations. Um, so that's kind of my elevator pitch um, for what I do and and kind of how it happens. That's perfect. That's a great introduction. Thank you. So can you just talk about your your background, like your educational experience or your educational background, excuse me, and then like what led you to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, this is always fun um, talking about, you know, what you did in undergrad and seeing whether it actually matches up to what you ended up doing. Um, So I did my undergraduate studies in um, international studies. So I had a focus in political science and Spanish. Um, And when I think about it, in some ways, I found my way back to this as I now focus on policy, albeit on the domestic um, side of things as opposed to international. Um, My master's, which I completed a couple years ago at this point, was in public policy. So my path, I did my um, undergraduate degree, and then I spent about eight years in the field just kind of figuring out what I liked, what I was interested in. I found myself in um, higher education and college access and success, and eventually throughout my time there and the experiences that I had, realized data and policy was really where my interest was and found a way to kind of bring that into the work that I was doing back to school and that's kind of been my focus um, since then. That's perfect. Thank you. So it kind of it sounds kind of great how your background led you to this point. So how when did this kind of really shift into data for you? 
Yeah. So when I first graduated, um, I went to Adelphi University in Garden City, New York. I actually worked for the university after um, that for two years as an admissions counselor. Um, and we had these yearly projects that we had to do, um, what were they called? Territory research projects, I think is what it was called. And it required us to basically look at the areas where we recruited in um, and get a sense of like, what was going well, you know, what, just what did we do over the course of the year? So looking at how many schools we visited, what were the schools that we visited in the areas, um, what, how, how did that yield in terms of application rates, acceptances, all that fun stuff. Um, and that was like my first time where I got to have basically the them to just play um, with data in ways that were interesting to me. So, you know, there was me back in, was this 2011, just playing with Excel, because that was what I knew um, then. And, and um, you know, learning how to use pivot tables and all of that. And for me, it was an opportunity where, you know, there's, there was the thing that folks usually focused this project on, which was like, whether you would get a promotion or a raise or whatnot. But for me, I love doing it because it was an opportunity for me to see like what did I do over the year and what yielded the most benefits for me how can I improve um, in the years ahead and I found that I liked it like this project that most of my, my colleagues were stressing about and I, I was like huh okay I should roll. um so that was the beginning of kind of my interest in data um and just like policy in general Yes, those territory research projects, that was kind of the start there. Throughout that process, that was also when I realized that there are specific communities that I was really passionate about working with and kind of just seeing some of the inequities and like, who are the students who are getting accepted here but unable to afford going mm -hmm. to this school because of generational poverty, because of not having an education system that preps them to be able to have, you know, the SAT prep, right, to be able to get those high scores um, to kind of measure up with some of their other peers. Um, and as much as I tried talking about it with um, some of the folks there, it didn't feel like that was a space that I personally could continue to kind of grow and explore. And so I shifted over to being on the school side of things and working in a high school um, for a year or two as a counselor where I got to actually work with the students and, you know, talk with them about their options and other opportunities. Um, and again, using data on that side of things, that's when I first learned about um, having the college match list. Um, I know Kiki and I did a lot of work with that um, coming out of, out of it once we started working together. And um, because I had the access to that, I had the opportunity to work with funders who really trusted us to be able to kind of look into um, the research that was out there um, for students who were coming from high uh, from low and moderate income backgrounds but had great GPAs and, and really just looking at the data and finding ways to marry that into the work that we were doing then moved into more of a solid nonprofit area and worked with Kiki as an advisor and then moved into nonprofit management um, where again I had the flexibility I was lucky enough to have 
team where we had some renowned researchers and evaluators who let me kind of peek under, under the hood and see what was going on. Um, I worked with a data scientist really closely and um, acted as a data manager to make sure that everything was flowing um, well. At that point, we were a national organization working with four different um, college access nonprofits, trying to get all of their data and work together to kind of accomplish one specific goal. So there are a lot of things, a lot of data, a lot of information being passed around. So I got to kind of see what it means to work with data in this large scope and use it for a common good. And that was just really amazing and so interesting for me to see both on the technical side of things, but then also in how it's impacting um, the people that we work with, how it's impacting the students that we work with, and then also kind of on a larger scope, how is the work and the learnings that we're finding right now impacting the larger field, right? So all of that uh, made me realize this is actually really interesting, how we can take it from this kind of ground level and then find an impact on the larger level that really focuses on these systems that are in play and working behind the scenes that kind of dictate what we can and cannot do on the ground level, right? And that's where I realized, I, I think I wanna get into that a little bit more, those systems that are in play um, and, and learn how maybe that awesome. can make it easier. Um, if we if we tackle those a bit more, hopefully that can make it easier for people on the ground. And that was kind of what made me shift into public policy. Very cool. Yeah, that is really awesome. I mean, I think because just like a side note, you mentioned um, you're you're affecting change very similarly to like how, how an advisor would do it. But it seems it sounds like what you're yeah. doing like at a higher level is informing what we need to be doing in higher education, which there's a lot of work that needs to be done in college access in higher education. So mm -hmm. that's really powerful that you get to, you know, provide data that can be used and hopefully is being used by organizations, institutions, because yep. yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be, <laughs> be done. And we, can I see this every day, okay. and I know you see this working with these organizations, Alicia. So no, thank you for, sharing that very eloquently and diplomatically because i wouldn't have said it like that but that was good um, <laughs> no that's really good i'm um, i'm just curious so i'm kind of like skipping to like another question that should be at the end but you talked about being able to like shadow not even necessarily shadow but like you know connections that you made in order to be able to do like projects in the beginning of your career so Data is a career that we like, we hear this word all the time. We hear data analytics all the time, data visualization, and people may be wondering like how they can, how they can make those connections. So like, what are things that you did um, or like, you know, knowledge that you brought to the table to say like, hey, I can help you all in this way or, you know, just like that networking aspect. Mm -hmm. How'd you go about that? I'm so glad you asked that because I feel like one of the things that I personally had to get over and I think is a good tip for people who are interested in data but don't like are maybe a little nervous to get into it is like you don't have to love or be like a mathematician or like a science expert to be good at like data particularly data analytics you don't have to do that you just have to be you have to have an interest you have to have um, want to 
kind of peek under the hood and like understand what's happening, right? And that's what kind of where that an analytics part makes sense. I think we're in an age where we have a lot of programs and software that do the hard work for us, right? So people have probably heard of R, you've heard of Python, Stata, all these like incredible programs and machines that do have the computing power to do all the hard stuff, um, you know, that mathematicians and folks had to do by hand. You don't have to worry about that right now. You have to have, you know, there are of like boot camp programs, you can, you know, I chose the path of going back to school, but I know there are other schools, universities that have like six month programs that can teach you some of the like, the basics, you know, the, the stuff that's behind the technical side. So like, you know, what does it mean when I'm trying to find like, what is a standard error, you know, those kinds of things where it's like, okay, I might need a refresher on that. When it comes to the everyday for data analytics, it's just an interest to be able to some of these numbers that you're seeing, numbers that honestly probably come up in your everyday work and trying to wanting to understand what do they mean and how does it impact my work. Um, I think if you can show an interest in that, then or if you have an interest in that, not can show it, but if you have an interest in that, it all becomes a bit easier. The tools are out there. Um, I think advocating for yourself in that space, that was a big thing for me, um, encouraging, you know, my, whether it was my colleagues, my supervisors telling them, hey, I'm, I'm in interested in this. Again, I was lucky enough where we had a team that pulled on others' expertise so I could, you know, talk to our research and evaluation team and, and ask them like, hey, what's going on here? Like, what does this mean? Or can you break this down for me a little bit more? But don't be afraid to do that. I think that's kind of the the biggest thing out there that it can seem really hard and it can seem scary like oh my gosh I don't have the technical understanding to be good at this or to even like go into this space but honestly when I went back to grad school I, I still came in with that healthy fear of like you know I'm going to be in school like again I was in the field for about eight years so I'm like I'm going to be the oldest person there these folks all just came out of undergrad and doing like you know stats and calc you know classes and there was actually so much that I was able to bring to the table because I had experience and I was actually it became easier for me actually to marry these concepts with the real world use of it and so it was less of a struggle for me so I would just encourage you to like don't feel like you, because you don't have the skill set or you didn't take, you know, Calc 3 in high school, like that, that means that you can't shift and go into mm. this space now. I guess a follow up question to that I could ask is, because we always talk about um, like the importance of like an internship or just trying to get your feet wet to see if maybe this could be the right path for you before um, like a student wants to like all like automatically declare a major. Would you recommend, let's say, a student who's just interested, is there any kind of base programming that they could try? Like, I think you, were, you named a couple, like Python, um, all the rest are escaping. I mean, there's like a bunch mm -hmm. of different kind of coding, different things. What, what may be something that you would recommend yeah. a high schooler or maybe even an adult that's trying to pivot out and see if maybe da data management might be the next step for them? Is there any recommendations you would have for them? Yeah, I would say there... So two different two different paths i would say if you're looking like pr particularly for the hard skill set of like i want to learn how to code i think there's a ton of free things online honestly even for me being in grad school and you could ask any of my classmates like google and youtube videos were 
like a savior for us. Like that is what we were using to help us explain some of these concepts when you run into an issue on there. Um, so like I know R has, they have a book that was really good and we actually used it for some of our classes. I think it's, I think it's just R for data science and it's free, it's online and you can work your way through the book and they give you um, different practices like different um yeah skills and practices that you can do what what is it called skills and practices in the word that i want like different tasks um and projects that you can do and they walk you through it so you can you know actually do it yourself in r and then you can kind of course correct using the book to kind of teach you what are these different um what are these these different codes mean what does it get me to do um and that's like a really I found that super, super helpful because for me, I'm someone who I, I like to learn, to learn the basics. I like to learn and practice and see, okay, what is the landscape telling me? And then move into the like more conceptual, okay, now I want to apply this. So that was really good. Um, you'll, I think I also saw even LinkedIn has the like learning classrooms and whatnot. Now there's a lot of free tools out there, I would say. So I think if you're still just trying to understand, is this something that I want to do? Um, try those free things out. And then if it's something where you're like, okay, this is kind of interesting, it's kind of fun, I want to do more, then I think it makes sense to go and, you know, pay for the, uh, if there's a boot camp or something like that through a university, that makes more sense if it's something you want to consider um, in kind of like a serious way. Very cool. Yeah, I think free is the way to go. And you're absolutely right. YouTube has so many resources on there for for anyone. So, we, I mean, yeah, I would say for sure. I think we're all about being as cost effective as possible on this podcast. So if you can try something out for free before you jump into it, mm -hmm. then that's absolutely the way to the way to go. So for the next question, and we talked about this kind of before, I wish we were, like, would have been recording when you were talking before we started, but going, you know, just talking about like why why we why we use data and how we can use data like effectively. This kind of goes into this question, but if you know, if you want to like highlight the question, highlight this you know, answer, but just talking about like why we use data, and I think you really like you really enjoy it and have fun with it, but using it in a way that's like very effective. So I think this kind of can go into the question like highlights of what you do every day, how you use data to make sure that it's being used properly and for creating change. But also like what are some challenges that you in your your day-to-day -day. one of my goals um, is really that we have data in a space that it's used seen by everyday people right so I think sometimes there's this idea I know for me when I was starting um, and learned realized that I had this interest in data one of my worries was that am I gonna end up being like that person that's in a corner in a closet somewhere just like crunching numbers on my computer and like you know oblivious to the world was very important to me that I don't lose the kind of on the ground work that I'm doing, the connections that I have with the people who are actually doing the work, the connections with the people who the data is often about, right? Um, I want to make sure that they are still at the forefront of work that I'm doing, the data that I'm collecting, the analysis that I'm making, they need to still be present. Um, we need to still keep them in mind and know that they are the people, not just the numbers that we're talking about, right? Um, so in many ways, that's kind of guided how I've looked at data and the work that I do, the projects that I take on. Yeah, so in many ways, that's guided the work that I do and the projects that I've taken on. And 
I would say one of, I'll name one of the projects that I work with. It's called Pandemic to Prosperity. Um, so it's through the National Conference on Citizenship. And it's basically a quarter, quarterly report that we put together. We carry about 25 to 30 data points. And those are sourced from on the ground organizers. We kind of find out, you know, what's going on for you guys right now, what's most pressing in terms of pandemic recovery. And we look for the data out there, often looking for public data. So we've sourced a lot of data from the Census Bureau, from the CDC, um, you know, as it relates to um, what's at the forefront from pandemic issues um, or COVID-related issues, doctors, medical folks, just all across the board. Um, we analyze the data. We do research around, um, you know, what are other folks in the community saying about this, how are people on the ground being affected by this? And then we put together this report that then goes back into the hands of the organizers and people who are on the ground um, so that they can really use this information to make decisions about what's happening in their community, how pandemic recovery dollars are being used, um, and they're really able to have that voice there. Project has just brought me so much joy. Um, you know, I'll say that We've been able to actually see some communities make decisions based on some of the work that we've, you know, put in their hands and, and folks who have um, been able to, you know, talk with their local governments and be able to say like, hey, you know, we're seeing this in the community. We want to make sure that when we get these, you know, American Rescue Plan dollars, that some money is going here. We want to see it come out in, you know, the form of programs or whatnot. Um, and so that's just been a super rewarding project um, to be able to be behind the scenes and work on putting together data that's, you know, coming from the people who need it, who are, you know, the people who are saying, this is what we need, this is what we want, this is what we want to see. So really just to be able to be at their service has just been so, so gratifying. So that, doing work like that has been such a big highlight for me. Um, I think the challenges in doing some of this work are that it can be heavy. Right. When we're thinking about pandemic recovery, we're thinking about what are the ways that communities have been infect, uh, affected um, by the pandemic. You know, we're talking about things like the impact of long COVID. We're talking about things like climate impacts, housing insecurity, the growing percentage of the population that's experiencing anxiety and depression. Um, so as you're doing this research, it can become heavy. Um, and you really do need to take some time and space to to kind of self-heal and, and process all of the information that you're taking in. Um, but I think for me, at the end of the day, when we can put it back into those hands of the people who want it and need it so that they can make those choices for themselves and have a voice, that um, definitely helps to balance it out. I guess the question that I have about this field next is, is there an official title for this? Because I hear so many different, there's data management, there's data analytics, there's data science. Is it kind of all the same thing, but some, or maybe some have more, um, maybe, I don't know, someone who is specific in data analytics, they know like SPSS, Java, R, like they know like the whole entire XYZ, or is it kind of all similar and mm -hmm. it's just based on the job that you're doing for a specific company? Definitely say the latter. Um, what I also say is you may find other people who will say different things, but it's really honestly like dependent on the work that you're doing. And 
there's nobody who knows all the programs. Um, you should not feel like you have to know all the programs. A lot of times works for me, what I did was look at the organizations that I was interested in supporting and trying to understand, okay, what are the kinds of programs that you use? I think if you can become familiar with one or two programs, honestly, they all have an underlying functionality that's pretty similar. Um, so you'll start to see as you learn different programs, um, there's some similarities in the codes, in the functions, in the way that you call a code and whatnot. And so it becomes easier to learn new programs and you can kind of learn them on the job. So like one of the, so many programs and software out there, it's just, it's ridiculous. But some of the, the projects that I've been doing, it's just kind of like, okay, do you have a basic understanding of um, R? Okay, cool. Then you'll be able to learn this. You'll do, I'll give you like the training for it and that's fine. So you don't have to feel like you need to know all of the different programs. It becomes, people don't expect you to know it. If they expect you to know like all of these random programs, then I might say that it probably isn't <laughs> an organization that you want to work for. <laughs> but yeah, just become comfortable with one or two. And the goal really is helping, is trying to get yourself to think like a computer, right? I think um, it's just very black and white when you're working with a computer. And if it tells you it's, you know, that something you did is wrong and it doesn't compute, there's not going to be like a bunch of different ways to solve it. Um, spend hours maybe trying to fix like a code where you forgot to put a period in and you did not <laughs> realize that it was just the period. So you'll, you know, through trial and error, you'll you'll learn and it can be, frustrating, but it also is very, very gratifying. And like I said, you can Google so many things. Um, there is, there are all of these like sites that, um, they're like message board sites that will help you with a lot of that. One, this is kind of a tangent from what you said, but I just saw a friend who said something that was hilarious to me the other day. So he couldn't figure out, he was kept getting an error code and he could not figure out how to to fix it so he finally just like posted on one of these message boards um posted a question nobody answered for like 30 to 40 minutes someone told him oh you should just put a wrong answer like answer your question and put a wrong answer there and then there'll be a bunch of people who are going to respond <laughs> because they might not want to answer your question but they definitely are going to want to correct it kid figured it out in 20 minutes because somebody did exactly that that's so <laughs> yeah yeah that was a funny thing and i yeah. was like oh that's good to know right yeah. people love to be I right know, they so. love to be right but not to be wrong so exactly. let's set it up in exactly. a scenario where yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, really yeah. cool. that's awesome um and yeah. then i guess yeah. my final question i'm not sure if you have any other questions kiki is i feel like it's is kind of already answered just with the way that society is. I think that this is a competitive field <laughs> or discuss if you think whether it is or not. I feel as I know from my personal perspective looking in, it's there's so many different or any kind of organization, company that are always trying to extract some information to know how they're operating. Are they operating effectively? Should we be making, it's always about informed decision-making, uh, informed decisions. So I know that that's, this can be a tool that's, can you be used in almost anywhere? So can you just talk about um, mm -hmm. how, if this you think this field is competitive and where else can, if you can think of any other specifics, can this, a person who studies data management or data analytics, is there any specific places they should look? Yeah, so 
I think it is a competitive field, but what I would say is that there is kind of this real desire within the field to get um, younger, more diverse people into the space. I think like I was saying earlier, this is kind of a space that people kind of assumed that you need to be, you know, really, really smart at math and really, really smart at science. And those are STEM fields, which, you know, you guys know this, you know, being advisors, that is a space that's predominantly white. It's predominantly um, filled with people who have come from backgrounds and families that are wealthier. It's predominantly male. So there is kind of this, this strong desire that I've seen to want to change that. Um, and that's stemming from employers as well. And so I will say, like, for me, as a young, I will say, uh, Black woman, it's been helpful. You know, people have been really interested in my perspective and my understanding, even though, you know, I didn't come straight out of undergrad with this, you know, working on data um, since then. Um, you know, I have you know, eight years of experience in another field, kind of working on other things, but always having this lens towards um, an interest towards looking at policy issues, looking at social issues um, from a data perspective. So I think that this is a great time for people to, to make shifts and really look into this space um, and see what you can get from it. <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid to make that switch. I think even though like, even though it's it's competitive, you know, and I won't even say competitive. I think that it is a space that people really want to grow because we're shifting into a way in the world where it's just we're using data. We're new, using numbers. We're using analytics to define every space of society, right? It's not going away. So we really do need to adjust and shift um, and make this work, not just for certain select few people, but for everyone. Um, so I think, uh, can it be competitive? Maybe depending on some spaces, but it's just an area where we're, we're growing and there's a need, there's a need for more people. There's a need for more people that look like us, um, to be in this space. What we do know is that data is just numbers. And if it's not looked at with a key keen eye and from multiple perspectives, we'll end up re replicating inequities that have already existed. Um, so we do need people who are going to Look at it with a goal of wanting to understand what it says and changing outcomes. I, I, just, I do have one more question, and this is for any students that are listening. I think we know, but just for anyone that's listening that maybe listened to you and they're like really intrigued by this. We, we you did mention, um, you know, using like YouTube and Google for like resources to familiarize themselves with this field, but if someone wants is like in college or going to college and wants to like get into data analytics or just data, what would you like recommend just based on who you've worked with, what you know about the field majors that could be, and I know there's a wide variety of majors from international studies to like STEM fields, but what would you recommend um, just for students looking into this? Yeah, I would say first consider whether you want to be the like person who's doing all of the crunching numbers and kind of like a bit more behind the scenes and saying like, okay, I'm going to take all this data. I want to, um, you know, I want to be the person that's cleaning it. I want to be the person that's, you know, doing the coding and, and all of that good stuff. Or if you want to be the person that's more on the other end of it, where you see the clean data, 
you're the one that's now making you know, creating some understanding around it and some awareness around it. And you have a basic understanding of like still what to do with the data, what does this mean? But do I wanna be more on the analysis and understanding side of things? I think that can help you guide it, um, guide which direction you go. And if you wanna be the I'm crunching numbers, I'm understanding all of the more complicated sides of things, I think doing something more towards computer science um, and understanding like those really, really hard technical, not really hard, when I say hard, I mean like the technical skill set, um, learning that, understanding that point of things. If you want to be more on the analysis side and kind of use this for like using, being the person that can look at the data, understand it and say like, here are some of the learnings and this is how it applies to the work that we're doing. I think you can go into like the areas that interest you if it is political science, um, if it's business, if it's something in the humanities, you can do that sort of thing and maybe work on like learning some data projects or data tools on the side, like using, you know, the R for data science book and kind of working your way through that. Um, picking a project, I know that's something that a lot of us in school did. Um, and we continue to do just to make sure we don't lose those skill sets because it is it is learning a new language, right? And the longer you don't study it or use it, it you're going to forget it. So, you know, creating little projects for yourself um, just so that you can utilize that skill set and, and keep learning. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Alicia, just for coming onto the show, shedding so much light on on the buzzword data and how it can be used and the different ways and opportunities that are out there in terms of occupations and, and how to attain that knowledge um, and try to decide what's your best path if you're a high schooler or trying to pivot into a different career. I mean, before we exit out of here, do you have any, um, any like personal links you want to shout out, like your LinkedIn or if you have a website or anything, feel free to. Yes, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just my first and last name. So Alicia, A-L-Y-S-H-A. Uh, Rashid R-A-S-H-I-D. And if you click on the page and you see the banner, the rainbow banner in the background, you'll know that's me. Um, and yeah, you can see what I'm up to there and you can always reach out to me there. Um, and I'd be happy to talk more about what this path could look like for you or what your interests are um, in this space and, and happy to have a conversation. This is really great. Mm -hmm. And we'll be talking after we hang up from this episode, just so y'all know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much again. And thank you to all of our listeners who are out here um, listening to each one of our episodes. Um, please make sure to check out our website, www.youradvisors. We'll see you now.com. Um, make sure you follow our Instagram, our Facebook. We have some YouTube videos up as well. Um, Google us, you'll find us out there. If you also feel led to, you can also donate to us in our Venmo, which is in the link in our bio notes. Um, and also, we would love for you guys to reach out to us to let us know what other career fields you are interested in so we can get more interviews on the table for you. Rather than that, we will see you in the next one. Oh, wait. We also, well, I think it's in the beginning of the episode, but we're going to say it now, too. We have merch. So if you want to buy yes. <laughs> sweatshirts, T-shirts for your educator friends, for your students, for just somebody that doesn't like 8 AMs, we have merchandise that we think hopefully will be very, very um, attractive to people. So I just want to plug, mm -hmm. plug that again. I know it's in the beginning, but we're going to plug it here, too. That's it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. See you. Bye.
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also, show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.